This is In the Know for Wednesday, September 6th, the 249th day of 2023. There are 116 days left in the year. Good morning, MB, guiding you through In the Know at K105. On Litchfield's Country Station, 1039 The Moose, live online at K105.com. Via the Apple and Android smartphone app, using the SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify podcast. On Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter. And the hashtag is In the Know. Coming up today, we'll update you on the latest news headlines from around the community, the county, the Commonwealth, and the country. That and a whole lot more coming up today. You're on In the Know. Settling into my left, rolling Mach 9 with her hair on fire. It's my beautiful wife. The beautiful girl. It's me. Morning, sweetheart. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm good. Busy as a bee. Busy as a bee. Yeah. So, but but just rolling normal speed, but just super busy. Yes. Right. Very purposeful yes. and uh, being intentional about what you're accomplishing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, the the bed, the side of the bed that you sleep on may reveal something about your personality. Oh dear. People who sleep on the left side of the bed consider themselves more left-brained, and people who sleep on the right side consider themselves more right-brained. Americans who sleep on the left side are more likely to prefer oldies music and drama films. Right side of the bed sleepers prefer rock music and action movies. The stats also reveal that liberals tend to sleep on the left side of the bed and conservatives tend to sleep on the right side of the bed. Okay. So I guess the big question well, is, what about people who sleep right in the middle of the bed? Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> people, people just want to sleep right in the middle. Over there in chair number two, we say good morning and welcome back to Grayson County Extension Service Ag Agent, Miss Whitney Carmen. Morning. Morning. How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, tomorrow's the big day. It is. Right. Farm to fork. Yep. Farm to fork dinner. Is tomorrow mm-hmm. uh, everything all set and planned? And yeah, I think so. Weather we, looks nice. Yeah, weather. Mild. I know. I was a little concerned at first, but it <laughs> is looking better, and I still think it's going to be warm, but we are packing today and getting things finalized, but the menu's ready, and if you want your tickets, you got to get them before noon today. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, can uh, Any menu hints? We're going to have pork and beef and potatoes and salad green mixes and bread and honey and all kinds of stuff. Well, you know, I had been mistakenly calling it uh, farm to table, Mm -hmm. but then I was educated on Friday evening because Emily Taylor from the FFA sat mm-hmm. down with Sam for Cougar Conversations. Yeah, she did. And uh, they did a, you know, did a conversation about the event and she said, you know, she called it farm to fork and the little graphic said farm to fork and mm-hmm. I thought so they're actually going to put it on your fork for you <laughs> and then you just pick well, up I mean, the fork. You have to do the fork. Oh, okay. However, it is it's it's uh, synonymous. I mean, the farm to fork, farm to table, it's the same thing. Sure. It just depends on what you want to call it. Well, luckily it's not it's going to be warm, but it's not mm-hmm. going to be hot. Right. In the way that it got hot over the weekend, so it uh, should be it should be nice. I know it's going to be a great event. There are some showers and thunderstorms possible today. We're going to see um, they're possible throughout the day, and some of them could be strong in uh, various regions. Most of the uh, thunder showers have gone off to the south of us so far this morning, but we should get into the mid-80s today. We'll see an overnight low of 67, partly cloudy tomorrow, and a high of uh, 81. So just kind of in that we're adjusting. You know, we're gone mm-hmm. from that 90s period. We're going to go into the 80s, and then off in the South Atlantic People are keeping an eye. The people that are paid to keep an eye are looking, keeping an eye on Tropical Depression Lee. Lee. That's the next. And so uh, Tropical Depression Lee shows all the signs, has all the markers of being a major hurricane. 
And it is something that the eastern seaboard of the United States is probably dealing with somewhere around Monday. I think it's supposed to be maybe on Friday or Saturday. It's supposed to get down around Puerto Rico, and then it will make a turn and head. Now, will it go left of the peninsula, you know, west? Will it go east of the peninsula? Don't know. Will it circle around and go back the other direction? Not sure, but that is the next storm to be keeping an eye on in the Atlantic, and it is hurricane season, but it's not just hurricane season. September is also National Preparedness Month. The annual recognition set to remind everyone in America how important it is for individuals, families, and communities to prepare for disasters and emergencies that can happen at any time. Here in the Commonwealth in the last two years, we've had two very good examples. If you're living in the middle of the state, you've had one to the west and you've had one to the east that showcase how dynamic our weather can be. And because of, you know, we're clearly going through some climatological change, whether you think that's just cyclical in nature, whether you think that um, those are human-created problems or human-impacted problems, you can't argue that our weather is changing for whatever reasons uh, that you attribute it to. And so it also means that you have to adapt your preparedness and stay vigilant when something happens because... You wouldn't think it would necessarily be flooding here, but we've had flooding here before, obviously. You wouldn't necessarily think it would be a hurricane, but we've seen remnants of a hurricane mm-hmm. come through and have yep. uh, that strength of wind. So we get all different types of weather here in our area, so you need to be uh, prepared. So the motto is going along with the theme is called Take Control in one two three. It encourages everyone to, especially older adults, to become more prepared in three simple steps. One, assess your needs. You know, what would you need? Care for pets? Do you have children? Do you have what are what are your what are your potential needs going to be if you get in some type of disaster? Uh, Make a plan once you've assessed your needs plan for what you do, where you'd go and what to bring if a disaster strikes and then engage your support network. Get to know your neighbors because they, along with your family and friends, can be a support network before, during and after a disaster by providing Practical support, but in addition to practical support, emotional support, too. So those are the things that you can focus on now. And maybe you don't get caught flat-footed whenever the... It's inevitable. Maybe right? you need to borrow yeah, your neighbor's happen. basement. Maybe. Right? Maybe, maybe, no, maybe. You're right. Get to know when, your neighbors. <laughs> we have, when we moved, we had a basement, and we moved to our new house, and it doesn't. Mm. And our best friends, who are our neighbors, oh, okay. they we've got this understanding of if I call you, or they'll usually call us if there's mm-hmm. tornado watches or anything. They're like, hey, the basement's open if you need it. Mm-hmm. And that night that the tornadoes went through in December... It was a it was a scary situation, and we all all ten of us that were because we have three kids, they had three kids, and the dogs, and everybody were all in the basement. And the key word you said there was that night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the night that's the most problematic because yeah. you can't see and you feel, you know, you feel isolated it and scared, eerie. and yeah, it's hard mm-hmm. hard to know what to do and when. You just kind of have to trust your instincts on that. So, some of the other news headlines: uh, Senator McConnell. Did return to the Senate yesterday and kind of you know walked past uh, reporters and didn't have much to say yesterday. Did kind of make reference to it on the Senate floor. And his health episodes show no evidence of stroke or seizure disorder, but, of course, questions continue to linger. And um, I, I think he's just um, – he, he's kind of the poster child at the moment for this ageism or age issue that we have in our federal government. I do find, uh, I heard Bill Bussey say it, you know, uh, remind us some time ago, 
you know, we force air, airline pilots to retire. Yes. Right. There's, it becomes a certain age where we say, no, <laughs> you can no longer fly commercially. You can no longer fly in service of the nation. You're just at a point because the, the likelihood of you having a health incident or uh, crashing an airplane mm-hmm. and killing people is too high that we say we're going to have to ground you at a certain age. Well, we don't make people do that with driver's licenses, but you can have the same health, health episode and your car can still be used as a projectile and kill other people with the same, but yet we don't, we tend to think, well, an air disaster would be much more complex and much more deadly, so we're going to ground you when you get to a certain age, and then, but we're not going to make you continue to test for your driver's license. Mm-hmm. Or pass a health exam or whatever it might be. So then you look at it and say, well, I mean, it's just government. Why do we, why would it be a problem? Listen, important decisions are made in our federal government. And if you, if you no longer have the ability to serve, too many times I think people are just trying to hang on for too long and they won't face the facts. We've got it going on with our president right now. We've got it going on with Dianne Feinstein. It appears we got it going on with Senator McConnell. And and uh, I think Pelosi is also in that, to, you know, yeah. in that group. So there just becomes our federal government, our federal leadership is just too old. <laughs> I would agree with that. <laughs> well, and I hate to say it, but it is it's true. There comes a point in time where, you know, if their cognitive health is, is failing mm-hmm. or they are even their physical health, because, I mean, they have a strenuous job, whether yes. or not we want to admit that or mm-hmm. not, you they they're very busy and so they've got to be able to handle that and it's showing that it's not necessarily the case you look at presidents how they get chewed up in eight years i mean mm-hmm. you look at barack obama the day he took office oh, and look absolutely. at barack obama look at george w bush that is a meat grinder of a job and the senate is no different mm-hmm. and i will you know you you talk about it being a hard job sometimes i stand next to senator mcconnell on the you know couple times a year that I have occasion to be in be in the same room with him, and I think the stuff that he knows, oh yeah, I know. right, and being the being the most powerful Republican in the country, being the leader of the Senate, the intelligence things that he knows, the things that are going on in portions of the world. Now I'll tell you that I think that with age comes wisdom, sure. and you accumulate that, and the, they they don't typically look to young people for wisdom. Right, but there also has to be a... There's got to be a balance, balance between those things. Yeah. And so I just, I, I, I don't know. Well, and, and like you said, it's having some of that information is a mental load. And when you're... It was a problem before his two most recent episodes and his fall. It was a problem before that, but this has become the talking point for a greater problem that we have sure. going on. And if you don't think our president has deficits, then you're not paying attention. Because and, and you can not, just you That's can just the thing is it's not necessarily whether you're one way or the other, but it is concerning as yes. a citizen mm-hmm. and have your president that is... You can tell he's suffering from something. Absolutely. And yeah, without a doubt. Unfortunate. And uh, we got a cause of death on somebody that's important, um, and we'll get to that later on in the show, but mm-hmm. it kind of connects to what we're talking about. A Clarkson man wanted on a theft warrant out of Grayson County has been arrested after police responded to a suspicious person complaint. The LPD and GCSO responded to the complaint on uh, in the area of South Cannon Drive, 2, 1030 last night. They made contact with 27-year-old Troy Blair walking near South Cannon Drive behind the uh, old sheriff's office. Blair was found to have an active arrest warrant for theft by unlawful taking. He was arrested and lodged in the Grayson County Detention Center. 
The Muhlenberg County Sheriff's Office is investigating after a horse was shot and killed over the weekend. It was killed in the 3300 block of Highway 601 between Luzerne and New Cypress down in Muhlenberg County, uh, just right off of the Western Kentucky Parkway. Sometime in the late hours of Friday night or the early morning hours of Saturday, the horse was found Saturday morning by the owner. The sheriff's office said this is a senseless and ruthless act of violence towards an innocent animal. The deputy investigating this case believes there were witnesses to the offense or multiple suspects involved. So they're obviously seeking information. That makes me angry. In that case. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, there's just no, no reason for it. A pilot conducted an emergency landing at the Frankfurt Airport on Monday, apparently when the landing gear failed to lower. So uh, he landed on the belly of the plane. First responders were dispatched to the Cap City Airport about 1040 Monday morning after a pilot said he had to make an emergency landing. The pilot of the Beach A3, A36 landed the plane on its belly in a grassy area next to the runway. One person was transported to a local hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. There were uh, three passengers on board. There was one similar to that at our airport the other day, but it was after this, so <laughs> it wasn't the same one. Looking to close its digital divide, Kentucky will use a $386 million investment to expand access to high-speed Internet to more than 42,600 homes and businesses. It amounts to a record investment of broadband money for Kentucky, which is a combination of public and private sector funds that will be spread broadly among 46 counties. I do not have the list of the 46 counties, but... Uh, I would imagine a lot of them are in eastern Kentucky, if I, I would, had to guess. I would imagine that is, uh, that is uh, a lot of where they are, but uh, there are just a lot of rural people that still don't have uh, adequate access to... To broadband, so says uh, the governor was speaking on behalf of the issue. He said high-speed internet is no longer a luxury; it's an absolute infrastructure necessity. It's kind of funny. It's like if you use an old-time scenario, or, or um, if you use like a comparison, how do you how do you liken slow internet versus broadband? It's like having remember you had either a private line or a party line. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, from a communication <laughs> standpoint. You remember that? No, I mean, I remember my mom and them had one, but I, I never, okay. we always had a private line, okay. but I remember my mom okay. and dad talking right. about it. I think by the time you were born, they'd probably eliminated the party lines, mm-hmm. but out in the more rural portions of uh, of communities, you were more likely to have people sharing an outgoing line. You had your own incoming line, like it rang into your house, but you may go pick up to use the phone and your neighbor might be using it. <laughs> and that's where the old, you know, that was the uh, original Facebook. I was going to say, yes. that was, you took the words out of my mouth. Because it was you very had to have a very soft pickup where mm-hmm. there was no click heard yeah. uh-huh. so that you could eavesdrop you on the party to, line. Mm-hmm. That's where you... That's where you so read. Everybody knew their. Everybody knew everybody's business. That's where yes. you read what people were posting on their wall. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or I mean, what they had for dinner, or yeah. what we used to refer to as the topics. That was for uh, uh, for a hot minute. Yeah. That was where everybody would go yeah. to get their drama. What a cesspool. <laughs> that was bad. The it Kentucky was. Horse Racing Commission yesterday named Beth Bunkert to the role of safety steward, a position created in June to ensure compliance of both horse racing integrity and safety authority and khrc standards and rules uh go beth go yeah it needs to happen the kentucky wildcats will be back in action on saturday against the eastern kentucky university colonels i guess i did not understand did not know that walt wells coach at eku was on mark stoops staff as um he he was a quality control position 
from 18 to 19, and then he was named head coach at Eastern in 2020. Yes. Yeah, I and remember that. He says, I needed Kentucky more than Kentucky needed me. He, being Mark, was very instrumental in helping me uh, helping me here at this job. Kentucky has been good to me. So, well, we're going to reward, Kentucky's going to reward you with a big fat check on Saturday. That's right. And you're and supposed an L, to come take hopefully. your L like, you're, like, a, like a good program should. <laughs> you see any of the game on Saturday? I watched, yes. I, we, were, we were watching softball and watching the game on our phone. And so we watched it as much as we could and then went back and rewatched it on TV when we got home. Yeah, well, this one so. will be a uh, it's a two o'clock central kickoff yeah, on Saturday. It was so hot. It was hot. Should yeah. the weather should be uh, better better. Uh, better on Saturday? Reds win again in, in Carnacion Strands RBI single left uh, lifted the Reds over the Mariners seven to six. So uh, good yeah, for the uh, their season, good much. for the Reds. And then yesterday we told you about a biohazard on a flight uh, oh. from ah, Atlanta to yeah. Barcelona, and they had to turn oh. back. Because someone had the trots all the way down the aisle, apparently, uh, because he uh, he literally said it was all the way down the aisle and it was a biohazard. Uh, and they were returning the actual uh, video <laughs> uh, audio of it. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, air traffic control. Uh, Listen, it, it was it was funny. They want us to head like back something to, from the movie Airplane. Want us to it head back. Yeah. Really what's your funny. What's your victor vector? <laughs> An Air Canada passenger claims that two of her fellow travelers were recently escorted off a plane because they refused to sit on vomit covered seats for a five hour flight. Susan Benson wrote about the incident on August 29. She explained that before her flight from Vegas to Montreal took off, three passengers struggled to get seated because of a rancid smell. Okay. All right. So she says there was a bit of a foul smell, and we didn't know at first what the problem was, but apparently on the previous flight, someone had vomited in the area. Benson said that Air Canada staff attempted to mask the smell with coffee grinds and perfume to no avail. Customers reportedly raised the issue to staff, explaining that their seats were wet and still had visible vomit residue. Wow. So I'm guessing they didn't have any of the smelly stuff that the school uses. Yeah, in the bag. The the, the, The powder. Yeah, yeah. like the sawdust looking stuff. Says when the clearly upset passengers tried to explain to the flight attendant that the seat and seatbelt were wet and there was still visible vomit residue in their area, the flight attendant was very apologetic but explained that the flight was full and there was nothing they could do. And she added the staff was reluctant to give them blankets to cover their seats. The passengers reportedly argued with staff for several minutes when a flight attendant brought her supervisor. They reiterated that there was nothing they could do. The dilemma culminated when the pilot told two of the passengers that they needed to leave the plane. Says he came down the aisle and calmly knelt down and said, you've got two choices. You can leave the plane on your own and organize flights on your own dime, or we can escort you off the plane by security and placed on a no-fly list. If that's true, I'm completely with them. I know. Who's the butthead there? That would be... But all they had to do, the passengers were willing to sit if they had put a blanket down? It sounded like they wouldn't even help them do that. So I don't know what happens. I don't know what happens with Air Canada, but I don't think I want to fly them. No. If this is... So... If the information we have is, is as it happened, then I'm wow. with the uh, I'm on the I'm, I'm in the, the No passenger. Vomit Club. Yeah, I'm in the No Vomit Club with this. I agree. We got to get to a break. Whitney Carmen is our guest co-host today. We got plenty more on the way. Hang around. You're on in the know. Today the is coffee ice cream high. day. 
I like coffee. I like ice cream. I don't know if I've had coffee and ice cream. I'm okay with having them independently. They don't have to be combined. It is Barbie doll day. First Barbie doll went on sale this day in 1959. It's fright, fight procrastination day. I do that every day. Today is read a book day. Okay. Read a book day to take time out of your busy life and relax with a good book. Who relaxes with a bad book? I don't know when I'll be able. Uh, it's going to be a couple <laughs> weeks before I'm going to be able to relax with a book. If I get into a bad book, I'm probably going to put it down. Like, oh, I'm in the middle of one now. Find something. A bad one? No. A good just one. A, good in one. Midnight in the uh, Garden of Good and Evil. So. Oh, I like that book. Yeah, mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. Reading that one again. Uh my board today says if you are, uh, if you fall and people laugh, you're young. If people rush to help you up, you're old. It's okay. a pretty good litmus test it on, is. you know. Uh, for sure. People are laughing. And like, ah, look at you. Mm-hmm. But it's like, oh, sir, ma'am, let me let me help you up. It might depend on the type of fall it is as well. Yeah. Like if and it's the just type a trip of person fall, that you are. Yeah. Yeah. But but generally, generally. don't we go for the elderly? Like the elderly yes. get pretty good. Oh, Yes. Things. Don't break a hip. Well, any of us at any age, old or young, can wind up in a uh, in a weird emergency room situation, perhaps <laughs> through really no fault of our own. So I ran across a list of some stories of people who have weird emergency room stories. Oh, dear. One said... I broke my foot doing the putting on skinny jeans dance and jump like a true former emo kid. The woman taking my x-rays told me I had to come up with a better story. Yeah. But I can see it. What's the meme? I can see it. What's the meme? I I am um I am stumbling to put my underwear on old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh wow! <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Uh, someone wrote, "I was in the ER last week for spraining my wrist while opening a lollipop." You know, there are some of those that are really hard to open. I agree; they're so I tightly can... wound at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yes, but yeah, seems... the, they were they had that green and green foil on them. Mm-hmm. Were they apple? They just were just tightly bound at the stick. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think I know some of those. One time I was making a birthday gift for my brother and was using super glue. While I was squeezing the tube, some shot out at my eye, and I had to go to the ER to get it cleaned, which they did immediately. But then I had to wait seven hours for an exam. That's a long time to wait. Mm-hmm. Wow. I sent my poor husband to the ER when he tickled me and I stuck my hand out in self-defense, unfortunately scratching his cornea with my fingernail. The doctor who treated him very seriously asked him if he was being abused. <laughs> I, I have Don't a story. Me. I have a similar story. <laughs> Only we didn't go to the ER over it. Yeah. Are you sharing it or should I move on? No, it's okay. I mean, it's I, we were we were mess, we were we were in high school and we were play fighting and I Hit. I went to hit, but I had kind of an open. It wasn't a fist, but anyway, when I went down, it busted. It hit. Caught him right on the eyebrow. Huh. And it. Does he, he still has, have a scar? Yes, he does. Actually, yeah, it's good. Well, and he tells our kids that mar- I beat him up. You marked him. You marked him early, so that's okay. 
My now husband took me to the ER at midnight because I was crying hysterically and having a panic panic attack because a ladybug got stuck inside my ear. Spoiler alert, there was no ladybug in my ear. And then one person wrote, I went to the ER with the sharpest, most excruciating pain in my abdomen. I had blood drawn, gave a urine uh, urine sample, and even had an ultrasound, only to be told I was just very constipated. Oh, listen, that is some major constipation right there, though. Yeah, you probably would want to try and rule several things out before you, you know, there, there should be a checklist you go through. Yeah. You know, before well, you go seeking medical help. Well, that's the last time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, at least should be part of the calculus is all, <laughs> I'm, all I'm saying. That's the first question <laughs> I ask my kids if their stomach is hurting. Yeah. Like, did you go true. to the bathroom? Yes. Yep. You know, it's, do you have to go to the bathroom? in our house as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. But see, that's also how you do tech support. Did you reboot it? Yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I guess it's <laughs> similar. <laughs> a new poll says just 36% of Americans are in favor of a four-day school week. Just that many? Just 36%, but my guess is 86% of Americans are in favor of a four-day work week. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> like, <laughs> we want the kids to go to school five days, but we yeah, only want to work. Yeah, we need that extra day. We want to work four. Yeah. Just over half of respondents said they somewhat or strongly opposed changing the school week to four days. About 36% were in favor of the change, while 14% <laughs> said they weren't sure. It creates, you know... You, the kids got to be looked after yeah. because until the until the work model changes, agree. Then, well, it's just going to create hardship. It, it is because if you think about if you think about it in terms of a working parent, or even when we had COVID, and I know at our elementary school we were going two days a week. You know, you had the A and B schedule mm-hmm. for a while. I mean, that was a complete and total nightmare, and we yes. were still sort of working from home a couple of days a week. So it was just very very confusing. I do know that there is a couple of counties in the state that have done that before, the Monday through Thursday or Tuesday through Friday, Mm -hmm. and they are, I know they're not doing it any longer. Oftentimes it's infrastructure-based, you know, it's uh, running buses, it's school Mm -hmm. staff, it's food costs, it's utilities, Mm -hmm. it's all kinds of things. I I think you might eventually see them do something if the, I I think in America we're shifting toward that four-day work week. Yeah. But but the thing is, is that I think a lot of employers are saying, we're going to give you the Friday or the Monday or whatever. But what you need to use that day for are your doctor's appointments, are your things, right. since you're not absent during the week. But wait a minute. What about the people who work in the doctor's offices and, the, and sure. then they want right. off? I mean, they're, most doctor's offices are closed on Fridays now. Right. And I would almost argue that we're going to a four-day work week, but we're still doing the same amount of work or more in those four days. I mean, I there are a lot of instances where... You know, we may take off on Friday as a personal as an eight. You know, if I'm I've worked 60 hours that week already mm-hmm. and I'm taking Friday off. Mm-hmm. But, right. yeah, I don't know. That's a that's an interesting dynamic anyway. That's a, a good long conversation. I I do think also that because of phones, technology, et cetera, the 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 bookmarks of the workday are disappearing. They're not existent at all. And so in our industry has always been one, you know, I always laugh people. They say, well, it's media ownership like. It's like, well, it's like running a Waffle House. <laughs> 24-7. It's always open. Mm-hmm. Something's always broken and somebody's always unhappy. <laughs> I mean, that's just, <laughs> it's just the, the, way, the way that yeah. it goes. So, I mean, 10 p.m., mm-hmm. 10 a.m., Saturday, 
Tuesday. It's it's just yeah. all the same. So well, you're just seeing it shift. And I think you see, for example, in, in working with UK, I mean, they are very very good about saying you need to take your you need to take your own personal health and your own personal you know in consideration to what your job is not saying that my job is extremely hard i have hard days and good days but they are very cognizant that we do work a lot of hours but so. in that drift and it's just human nature and i and i um use this example a lot so you you've heard me say this but mm-hmm. when we get that um three day weekend where the holiday is on a monday then 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it was, there's not many people around on a Friday afternoon. Well, no, they all bolted out at lunchtime on Friday to get a head start on their weekend. Can't sure. blame them for that. No. Well, then it became commonplace, I'm going to take off that Friday, too. So we get that Friday and that Monday, and we got that four-day weekend. And then and then next thing you knew, it was like, where's everybody at on Thursday afternoon? Oh. Well, they see, they had a four-day weekend, and they wanted to get a head start on that. So they went ahead yeah. and busted out early on it, Thursday. When does it end? And then they go, you know, we're not going to do anything on Thursday afternoon anyway, so we might as well just not even go in on Thursday. And yeah. so it's just this snowball gradual, next thing you know. It's... Or if you're like me, you just plan programs so you can't leave. <laughs> do you do that? I don't so do it on purpose. Just, that right. just happens. <laughs> to hold you accountable? Yeah. That's funny. Uh, I know none of us in this room have any of these lists, but there are some people in the world that have a list of traits that they dislike in their spouse. Hmm. Again, none of us have those. Mm-hmm. But here are four, in case you were to have one of those, here are four <laughs> practical ways to stop being so annoyed. One, recognize and acknowledge the anger. A lot of times what you're angry about probably isn't actually what you're angry I, I about. I do realize that. Sometimes I take it out on people in my house and it's not necessarily their fault and i have to go back and apologize number two you must fall in love with the behavior you hate a lot of times you spotted these things before like Mm -hmm. like they were cute long time ago and now they're like those those are annoying three rediscover what you loved and number four look at the problem as a couple those are the things that you can that you can do travel tip i kind of thought this was a no-brainer The Transportation Security Administration says, have you ever left something behind in those little bins after you've made it through TSA at the airport? Here's a way to make sure that never happens again. Empty your pockets prior to arrival at the checkpoint. Place wallets, phones, keys, sunglasses, and other loose items from your pockets inside your carry-on instead of placing them in a bin. That will make sure that personal items are not left behind. I mean, that's kind of a... A little bit of a no-brainer for Right me. after we check in, right mm-hmm. after, okay, here are the bags, if we're checking bags. Here here you go. Here are the bags. The very next thing you'll see me do, my watch goes in my backpack, my Every, wallet goes yes. in my backpack. Mm-hmm. Everything that I'm going to have to remove or that might be loose is going in the backpack so that it just makes it easier to get through. Well, yeah. Yes, it should be common sense. But I, the people that we get behind sometimes, <laughs> I think, for the love of all yeah. that is good, can I please coach you through this process? Fortunately, the TSA pre-line is a really great filter. Oh, my goodness, you, yes. You have to be a frequent traveler to justify wanting TSA mm-hmm. pre, which means you're accustomed to doing it, which means it's expedient. So that's mm-hmm. nice. Well, and my thing is we need to quit telling people about it because that's I've noticed the that the TSA pre-check lines right. are getting slightly longer. By the way, don't, don't do it. It's really expensive. Yeah, it, it's, it's really expensive. Expensive. It's don't, a pain you, in the butt. You don't don't do, do it. it. <laughs> at uh, Epcot Center, at the attraction Soarin' Around the World. I've been on that. 
Okay, so you remember when you were being simulated as a kite over the Great Wall of China? Mm-hmm. Right, that goes down there, yes. and there are other kites flying, and yes. the music is playing. Yes. Okay, well, imagine if you flew over the Great Wall of China, and there were two guys at the base of the wall with an excavator digging a hole. Okay. That's what happened. An excavator apparently carved out a gap in the Great Wall of China last week, and two people were detained in the country over what officials say is irreversible damage. A 38-year-old man and a 55-year-old woman were accused of creating the breach because they wanted a shortcut to use for passing through the wall. They were contractors working on a construction project nearby, so they just decided instead of going the long way around. Wow. They cut through. I mean, that takes some... Wow. (laughs) (laughs) The thing goes back to the Ming Dynasty. Right, it is on the UNESCO heritage sites, and they're out here with an excavator knocking a hole in the side of it just to save a few steps. <laughs> what do they say? You can't fix stupid. Can't fix stupid. You got to get to a break. We'll come back. Got more on the way here on In the Know. Did you know? About thirty thousand rubber ducks were lost at sea in 1992, and to this day, some continue to pop up on the shores of Australia to Alaska. I know where 2,000 of them are. I know. (laughs) Right across the street. Yeah. Safely stored for next year's Ducking Hunger Regatta. They've earned it, right? They earned a rest. As hard as they all raced on Monday, they earned a little rest. But can you imagine dropping 30,000 rubber ducks in the Pacific Ocean and just saying, fly, be free? So was it on purpose or was it no, like they got lost? I think it was you some know. type of spill. And okay. there's so much marine life that will eat absolutely anything. Like great whites will eat garbage. Sure, they're just you filtering, know, so right? It's amazing that some even made it ashore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but imagine a neat find, though, if you were somewhere yeah. between Australia and Alaska and you saw this rubber duck just wash up and you realize, it was like, wow. That like, is neat. If you could tra- track it back to the, the great duck spill of 1992. Bob Barker's cause of death has been revealed as a result of Alzheimer's disease, according to his death certificate. Uh, the 99-year-old Price is Right icon suffered from Alzheimer's disease, something he's never addressed publicly before. It had been out of the public eye for the last several years, you know, and just he certainly earned the rest. There's no reason. He sure. doesn't owe it to the public to be visible. Mm-hmm. But typically, some of our older celebrities, the Norman Lears of the world and those people, the Mel Brooks and things, they're out and they're visible. So it did kind of make you wonder. But as it turns out, he was probably also a really modest person. He didn't want a fanfare for his, you know, he didn't want any big, huge parade. Mm-hmm. He didn't want a public funeral. So that also yeah. kind of accounted for him being a little more modest. But at 99, I I think, you know, eventually something something gives way. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you live long enough, it's none of us are... None of us are immortal, and as that young lady over there says, nobody gets out alive. That's exactly right. Uh, so, but in this particular case, at age ninety-nine, that's what they—that's what they uh, listed it. He had minor battles with skin cancer. Took two trips to the hospital for issues with his back in twenty eighteen. Incidentally, I did not know. I learned later yesterday that um, Jimmy Buffett had been battling this rare form of skin cancer for. Four years. Oh wow! Is how long that battle had been going on, wow. hmm. but uh, took a turn for the worst. Because he back was sort of—I was going to say—he was younger than I, you know, whenever they said his age of when he passed away. I thought. Hmm, I heard the debate yesterday morning. Do you die young at seventy-six? Well, 
if you, you know, get to wear board shorts and a T-shirt and not wear shoes to work every day, I don't know if you ever get old. Right. But, you know, I think that's the that's roughly <laughs> yeah. the average, you know, is 76 or you, know, you think 80, that's old. But the closer you get to it, you know, I go, oh, no, 76, that's young. Mm-hmm. You know, but Jimmy Buffett was youthful. Yes, you know, he just never, so. he just never, he, he's, he had problems like everybody else, clearly had cancer and he had other things to worry about, but at least the image that he portrayed and the lifestyle that he wanted everybody else to enjoy and living life to the fullest was, you know, something that he did, uh, extremely, extremely well. I think if I wore well. flip-flops and lived the lifestyle that he did up until 76, I think I would be content with that. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Yeah. And I 76 think, is fine. I think that that's borne out. What you're saying is borne out by the fact of all the celebrations that you saw over the weekend. There was not a whole lot of sadness. No, mm-hmm. not at all. You know, and uh, I spent some time yesterday with uh, his catalog and just really enjoyed getting back into it and some of the, the ironies of Come Monday. You know, when he passed on Friday and uh, heading out to San Francisco for the Labor Day weekend show, you know, but come Monday, I'll be all right. So it just kind of, uh, yeah, kind of that's neat. true. Did you get to go look up the song I was telling you about yesterday? Um, it was on my list. Yeah. And quite okay. frankly, my day just kind of felt well, it was open in a tab on my <laughs> iPad. I saw it this morning. And so it made me wonder if you, it's um, just, it's super funny. So. Not yet. Metallica introduces their own guitar shaped ice cream bars. Sure. Okay. I'm, I'm right on board. That. Shaped like a guitar. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to add that to my list with my Snoop cereal. Yeah, vanilla dark and uh, light ice cream All is right. what it says. So uh, hopefully they're it's at stores. It's going over here. It's making it official. Hopefully their stores are it's available at a store near you. The update, Joe Jonas has filed for divorce from Sophie Turner. Oh, no. Yeah, it sounded like that was uh, perhaps uh, on the way, but now it's confirmed. He's asking for joint custody of their two daughters. They have a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And asking why, a source with direct knowledge says she likes to party and he likes to stay home. So, said they have very different lifestyles. Hmm. So, I don't know. Usually it's the opposite. Maybe she learned to party at Game of Thrones. Maybe she parties like a Game of Thrones star. I was going to say, they they seem to have some fun. (laughs) One of those... um, I was seeing about The Crown, the season five of The Crown is coming out, and they will they will include Charles' marriage to Camilla. Season five also includes him mourning the death of Diana, and of course everybody is worried about that because they're like, oh, you can't, you know, you got to treat that with kid gloves. They say they are handling, handling it uh, very carefully. So that will be included in season five. I don't know if they'll be able to go on from there. Why? He can't mourn his ex-wife and the mother of his children? I just I think understand. she is held in such high regard. No, I don't think it's that. I think okay. it's um, they've gone to great pain to be pretty historically accurate. I'm sure they've taken some license in I some areas. I watched the first two seasons and I haven't I picked can't. it back up. Yeah. So it's, when he said the fifth season, I thought, wow, they're already. Yeah. So they are just, uh, I, I think. For people that love her and uh, her legacy so much, they're like, don't do anything that, you know, besmirches her in any way or there's going to be big trouble. And then if you're looking to be charitable, here's an opportunity that not everyone gets to participate in. If National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is one of your favorite movies. That'd be me. Then you might be interested in this charity auction item. Attend a Christmas party with Cousin Eddie. Or more accurately, Randy Quaid. 
You can go on a very Christmassy vacation Christmas party hosted by Quaid in Naples, Florida, later this year on December 2nd. Maybe my mom would like to go. A highlight would be a good birthday present. Yeah, but I her. thought he was like squatting in a house at some point. Maybe oh. that's not him. Maybe it's somebody else. <laughs> well, maybe he's squatting at some house in maybe Naples, Florida, he where is. he's throwing a Christmas he party. Is. Okay. A highlight of the event includes you and your guest having a photo opportunity with Quaid. Got to be wife beater and cigar and all, right? Wife beater, boxer, cigar. So. Got that hat with the ears turned up. The bidding ends today at 3.53 Eastern Standard Time. As of yesterday, the current bid was about $500. The value is listed as $4,000. So mm-hmm. would you spend $4,000 to go to a Christmas party in Naples, Florida with the Cousin Eddie? Well, who else is going to be there? Yeah. If I had $400,000, then I might spend $4,000 to do it. But, uh, yeah, I'm not going to. Current yeah. bid, five hundred. So who knows? You might get it for five hundred one. So Maybe. there you go. Got to get to a break. We'll come back, finish it up for the morning here on In the Know. The MB's Point to Ponder. Rapid fire, would you rather? Oh, yay. All right. Would you rather have a hamster-sized dog or a dog-sized hamster? Oh, gosh. Uh, Hamster-sized dog. Yeah. You agree with that one? Yes. Would you rather give up bathing for a month or give up the internet for a month? Uh, Give up bathing. Would you rather have free Wi-Fi wherever you go or free uh, or unlimited free coffee at any coffee shop? Oh, I don't do coffee. I know. I would do unlimited Wi-Fi. Okay. Yeah. Would you rather adopt a British accent every time you're having a serious conversation or laugh every time someone cries? Oh, I want to do the British accent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially so Justin. Caroline has a pretty good British accent, actually. Has she, she been watching it. Just Go With It? You know, I don't know where she got it from, but she does. She can do Momsy it. and Popsy. I love it. Would you rather unintentionally talk like Yoda or breathe like Darth Vader? Oh, my goodness, well, Yoda, Yoda, Yoda. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, because I know some ones that sound like they breathe like Darth Vader. Right. Would you Would you rather wear jeans one size too small or shoes two sizes too big? Jeans one size too small. Throw on a hoodie. <laughs> you cut me off half the day. I don't know. I didn't That's say you one. couldn't unbutton them. That's true. Okay, See, I'll go with the loophole. jeans. Would you rather be in a real-life version of The Walking Dead or Jurassic Park? Ooh. I think Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. Yeah, I think so, too. Would you rather get a face tattoo of your choice or a tattoo in a discreet area chosen by someone else? Oh, a uh, discreet chosen by someone else. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't get to choose who yeah, the someone yeah. is? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not against tattoos at all. I have one myself, yeah. but I don't want one on my face. Um, no. I mean, you could tattoo Britney Spears underneath my butt cheek, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, that would be a d- yeah, <laughs> no way on my face. Super fan is on CBS tonight. Pitbull is the artist that they're featuring. America's Got Talent on NBC. NFL Kickoff Eve on NBC. And then on PBS, the season two premiere of something called America Outdoors with Baratunde Thurston. Never heard of it. Nope. Sorry, Baratunde. But now at least I know your name because it's fun to say. Today's highlight in history, this date in 1901, President William McKinley was shot and mortally wounded. 
by Leon uh, Chalgosh of the at the Pan American Exposition in Buffalo, New York. He died eight days later. Summer Olympic Games resumed in Munich, West Germany, this date in 1972. Public funeral funeral was held for Princess Diana, this date in 1997. Hurricane Irma hit the Atlantic coast, this date in 2017. Birthdays today, David Allen Coe is 84. Swoozy Kurtz is 79. Jane Curtin is 76. Jeff Foxworthy is 55. Michael Winslow is 65. Chris Christie is 61. Mark Chestnut is 60. Rosie Perez is 59. Macy Gray is 56. Cece Peniston is 54. Idris Elba is 51. Annika Nani Rose. Hmm. Tiana. Oh, right, Princess oh. and the Frog is 51 today. And Foxy Brown, the rapper, is 45. Okay. I was taken aback by Jeff Foxworthy only being 55. Mm, yeah. It's, it's, I always thought, it, I mean, maybe. I thought he was older <laughs> than was me. Older. I mean, he's only two years older than I am. Hmm. The uh, Marquis de Lafayette is was born in 1757. I love it. Joseph Kennedy, born in 1888. Mel McDaniel, 1942. Louisiana Saturday night to you. Well, you get down the fiddle and you get down the bow. All right, let's find a chart topper. Let's try to go to 1958. I'm looking for Frankie Avalon. Has anyone seen Frankie Avalon? Frankie? <laughs> I meant to say Taylor Swift on my tail, not Britney Spears, by the way. I, I, when I heard that, I was like, <laughs> Mom, I don't know why Britney Spears came out of my mouth, but in my mind, it was Taylor Swift. Sorry. This is Gingerbread by Frankie Avalon. Well, it was. You're kind of naughty, but you're naughty and nice. Oh, mercy. Okay. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, there was a cacophony going on there. Reflections, Diana Ross and the Supremes, number one in 67. The Bee Gees, you should be dancing in 76. Huey Lewis in the news, Power of Love, number one in 85. Can You Feel the Love Tonight, number one in 1994. And then in 2003. It was funny how two weeks can make a difference. I was listening a couple of weeks ago to It's 5 O'Clock Somewhere. Yes. So Jim, Jimmy Buffett's on that, of course. And I have always talked about how much at the end of that song it sounds so forced. You can tell that Alan Jackson and Jimmy Buffett are nowhere near one another when the song is recorded. Because the way that they're, they're doing this call and response, mm-hmm. like, well, let's go somewhere. All right, let's load up. Get your boat started. All right, I'll be over there. They go back and forth. And I have always despised that part of the song. Like, I like the song, you know, but yeah, I didn't like that. But then when I heard it yesterday, I was like, oh, that's kind of cute. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, all right. Just about perspective, us. I, I guess. Whitney, thanks for coming. Yep. I hope the farm to table goes very well. Thank you. I hope uh, it does. Farm to fork. Yeah. I'm gonna, when I show up, I'm going to expect food on my fork. I'm like, hey, <laughs> somebody. I was told there would be food on the fork, not just on the table. That's yeah. not good enough. All right. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Every positive change in your life begins with a clear, unequivocal decision that you are either going to do something or stop doing something. Mm-hmm. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Remember, God loves you, and I do too. If you don't know Jesus, let me know, and I'll introduce you. Look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow for another edition of our show. For Whitney Carmen, for B, I'm MB, and now you're in the know.